Okay, hi, I'm Jin. Um, your host today, and we have three guests with us, which is kind of surprising, even though it's our first, po- first podcast, we already have three guests. So, guests, please introduce yourselves. Hi, everyone. I'm Valerie. Um, I do have vision impairment, although it can't be tell, as it's um, not very obvious. But I do lead my life normal. Hi, my name is Shafina. I'm a caregiver for my partner, Clyde. Hi, I'm Clyde. I'm Des. Okay, so, uh, yeah, you know, actually, very funny speaking, these three wonderful ladies here actually had been to Laos with us if y'all had not been kept in the loop. If y'all had not been kept in please watch her Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We have no Twitter. Sorry, Instagram and Facebook. We actually been to Laos, so how did y'all find Laos, you know? Like, how do you find Laos, you know? We found it amazing, you know, the team, the next team, you know, wanted to be. If I really amazing, you know, so how was it like for you all? For me, it was very uh, eye-opening as uh, it's, it's, it is a country that it wouldn't cross anybody's mind to go. So I feel that uh, more Singaporeans should go there to experience it as it's something different from what we have in Singapore. Singapore, we are very sheltered. We have everything given to us. But from there, um, you'll notice that uh, you see locals uh, doing their day job and then nighttime, you see their night market. At the same time, you'll be very um, curious to see that each store do have their QR codes, but when you look onto the ground, it's all wires. So it's um, I feel that if we have a chance, please visit Laos. I think for me, um, Laos is a very nice um break from Singapore. I mean, you know, in Singapore, when you actually look at everywhere, you see buildings and all the like pollution and whatnot. But when you go to Laos, it's a little bit different from Cambodia. Laos is a lot like the mini Singapore because he has so many cultures in one place. And um, as a person with disability, when you travel there, um, it's, you might think it's not so safe because it's a developing country, right? But actually, our whole trip, right, is generally quite safe, even though it may not be the most accessible in terms of like moving around. But yeah, that's for me. I think for me, I, th- I thought it was a very enjoyable trip. It was, when you think of Southeast Asian countries, Laos is always on the last of the list. And you think, oh, you know, they're neighbored by Thailand and Vietnam. Um, what What is that unique thing about Laos? And they are a mixture of, you know, the Thai as well as the Vietnamese culture, but they have their own very distinct and authentic culture, which you'd only really get to experience once you're there in person and one thing that I remember very vividly was how beautiful and how kind the people were you know people were saying you come to Laos it's going to be very dangerous it's a third world country it's a developing nation but people were really really very friendly even when you know we don't speak any of their language so that was really nice you know even to my side you know like before I actually went there my parents even my neighbors was like, oh my god, you're gonna get shot there. Everybody falls an AK on seven. Like that's how they did how bad it was. was. Like, oh my god, you're gonna get all this harvester, you're gonna bring get, get brought in the scan course at the I was like, it's not that bad. We just be watching the news. All they talk about is violence on TV, you know. Like and which is so funny when they got they painted this picture in I think in most of our kids where people talk to us is like Oh, that place is going to be so bloody random. 
And when you actually went there, the first thing you see is like, oh my God, this is not what it is. You get what I mean? It's like, there is this weirdness that, you know, some people they actually need to do, right? So, like, they need to get this clear judgment. As for some Singaporeans, like, I feel we are way too pampered with our accessibility and everything. And we need to hit a point which, like, hey, it's not that bad, you know, like, maybe it used to be bad, but it's not that bad, you know. Like, they need to get out of their head, lah. So, I think that's what most British, that's what Singaporeans should learn as a as country. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's good, right? Because, you know, like, we had instances where um, our teammates would just uh, forget and leave things somewhere. And the people who actually chase us to return that said things in a store. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it speaks for the people themselves, lah. You know. On to your point, like before I flew, my sister was telling me this because she was reading through the internet and she was telling me this beware of a uh, big bug. Yeah, number two, beware, uh, beware of pickpockets. But that didn't happen at all. But because of her message, is she that, is, that she told me each night before I stay, I already checked my bins for the first night of each accommodation, and then the, the rest of the night I just forget it. I'll just leave. Wait, you actually check for you actually check for big bugs. Yeah, I just. <laughs> anyway, I saw you pay, but you can't really see. But I think you're pretty... True lah. The only thing that was bad for our first night was our toilet door broke. I thought, oh my god, like, they didn't excel. Oh, I, I think that's the, like, the only shape, like, that the only happened is, like, my toilet door just fell. I was like, I didn't just did it. Like, what just happened? But yeah, that that's it lah, but it's not like, overly bad. It's not like, bad or it's just the toilet door fell you know shit happens in life but that's about it uh. but how do you you know like think about getting around because me and Damien we speak on the camera we got around using motorbikes which is very accessible but when we were over there we actually realized that the infrastructure was not that developed uh, the roads was not that horrible but to us you know we I'm kind of used to it like okay uh, it's just that but I'm not sure about you you all like, how do you all feel about you know getting around there? How convenient was or inconvenient it is? Because to me, it's just oh, it's just that. But I'm not sure how does it from a point of view. Is it that? Is it bad or is it similar or you know? As for me, right, I felt that wherever we went on during the trip, my eyes was always on the ground. <laughs> uh, to look out for look like potholes, stacks because it was quite uneven to. So wherever I ran, I I felt the need to go on to somebody. Yeah, to tell me, oh, there's a stack, there's a pothole, be careful. I mean, like, um, like Ralph said, a lot of the steps are not uh, even, and some of them are quite steep. So, you know, a lot of the steps, right, they are, um, like, in Singapore, it's generally quite uniform, it's white, and it's short. But back in Laos, um, I think because they construct things at a different pace, so some people do very steep, and some people do very short, very wide, right? So it's, all this unevenness was quite hard, especially when it's dark, because it's not lighted. And because of all the wires that you see on the, you know, like those poles and some of them potholes on the ground, when um, the cars, they drive pretty close, it's actually quite a safety hazard. Lah. So it's not that accessible in that kind of sense. I feel like if... For someone like me, right? Because I also got Mania's uh, disease, which is like a vestibular disorder, right? So when I get overwhelmed, I don't walk straight. Like, I, I walk like some drunkard, you know? Yeah, so 
Walking Dead at night is not the best because I cannot balance. And so I would, I I definitely need that's why actually I brought uh Shafi along as my caregiver in case anything happens, you know. But I think this trip was really nice, but it really shows a part where the accessibility is still an issue even though it's in a developing country where things are relatively clean, relatively safe. Yeah. But you know, compared to like other countries which you all went to like way before, like what is the difference of accessibility compared to other countries, you know, uh, that is developing and yes, that is more developed, like what are the difference that you can tell immediately out right the bat, you know? Hmm. Like is there any huge comparisons or is it you know, and then you coming back compared to Singapore. I think one small thing is when you have stairs, generally, especially in Singapore, there would always be a handrail somewhere. And in some of the other developing nations that we've been to, generally most places that you go to, there would also be a handrail somewhere so that this is support not only for people with any sort of vision issues, but as well as anyone with, you know, you know, just walking upstairs is difficult for them or elderly and things like that. So that is not something that wasn't as present in Laos uh, that I noticed for myself because for some of those the stairs were really quite steep. And because of my knee injury, I'm not able to to climb some of those stairs. So I have to hold on either to the side of the wall or somebody else has to assist me to get up those stairs. Yeah, I know, right? Um, I think you mentioned that we both have a knee injury. Yeah. And the moment we see those stairs, we are like, oh, I'm not so enemy. Like, that's, I, I guess, like, that's our main point, but you I think it would probably be worse for some of us here. Yes, yeah. Like, you know. It's more prominent. Yeah, it's more prominent. Yeah. The worst is just like, I always get tired. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But, well, but what about you, Phil? Like, for me, um, that perception is my issue. So I can't tell, like, especially when we are going down, I can't tell is this a high step uh, or a low step until I go down it on my own. So sometimes when, um, like, Communication is the key, but then when others say step, but then um, some uh, don't tell me that high was it. So until that, I feel the large, the huge drop, they're like, oh, okay. Then the next, I uh, we in Laos, the next, uh, the steps wasn't like like high, high, low, low, was all like uneven. It's like scary, lah. Yeah. And like you walk, and then suddenly you heart drop, you know, like you got ready for it, like scary dream, right? I think like for me, um, you guys cannot hear, right? So like even with my, I have cochlear implant on my left, I have a hearing aid on my right. But even then, I, I think similar to Val, I don't really have like sound perception. Yeah. Like I can't tell where the sound is coming from. Like I can hear it, but I cannot tell where the direction from. So like in terms of like, um, the traffic, right? There is no like. There is barely any like traffic lights and whatnot. So it basically like everybody just write. You know, like how you write over the right, right? Mm-hmm. They just write anywhere, you know. And you cannot tell when they're from behind. So it's like it's the same thing when you come in Singapore. Like Singapore, you don't have cyclists on the pavement and they just write so close to you, right? I think in Laos it's the same thing, but it's more dangerous in a sense because at night you have um big trucks that are transporting life um live farm animals and they drive really really close to you 
and it's really scary because like, I cannot hear ma. So like suddenly if somebody pull me, then I also kind of shock, you know. So like, I mean, yeah, I mean that's the whole gist of it. Like, the it's the development that is you know not really there, which I kind of lost my brain. I don't know why I was about to say this thing every five minutes or three minutes. I didn't re- rethink my thoughts. Uh, yeah, but. You know, all these things, like, all these more little things that, you know, we as, we don't really, you know, appreciate, like, is, especially in Singapore, where it is so accessible, that, uh, you know, in, probably in, if I recall correctly, uh, there's this country that, like, um, take prepper. Okay. I forgot something I was about to say, you know but yeah, in you know, in UK, like even stairs is an issue, like or you know, even Korea. Compared to Singapore, we have leaves all over the MRT. But in Korea or Japan, like leaves are not so common. So it's such a huge as well called contrast that you know, we in Singapore we actually is pretty accessible, but I'm not sh- I don't want to come from lens where you know like is accessible for me, but is it be, will it be accessible like for you or comparing it to other countries as well? Like you, that you all went to, like, I don't know, probably Malaysia or as any countries that you went to, can you compare like the accessibility comparing it to Laos as well? Mm-hmm. I, I think because, like, I think where you're coming from is like when each country construct their own uh, stairs, their um, environment, right? It's really based on their culture. Because, like, if you think about it, who used leaf back in the 90s or, like, 80s, right? You know, it's like, those gene dynasty, you don't have leaves, so it's a lot of steps. I think that's why, like, places like Korea, Japan, um, even Cambodia, they have a lot more steps because they're, like, temples, they are, like, um, memorial places where it becomes, like, an attraction kind of thing. I mean, if you compare it to the UK, you can see that there is, um... They may not have a lot of stairs, but it's a lot of flat ground. But even the flat ground is not really flat. You know what I mean? It's like up the slope, down the slope, that kind of thing. So I feel like um, accessibility for each country is definitely different. But actually, on contrary, Singapore is not that accessible. You think about like uh, Tanjo Baga. It's horrible. It's horrible. Um, Like all these little things that you don't think about unless you actually experience it firsthand. Um, these little things where you take note because like, oh, you have a friend that, that you know now. But um, all these little things, right, because of when they were built and how they were built, it's hard to change everything overnight. It's not like you can, oh, the stairs is not a chill, um, accessible, so you call a company and just knock down and build a new stairs, you know. It's not like that. Lah. So I think a lot of it comes... Um, as a form of adaptability, where we adapt. We don't have a choice, but it's really adapting to what we come across as. Yeah. So, you know, like, do you all think that travel is a sensory experience, like, for you all? Because for most people, like, for me, at least, like, travel is a sensory experience. So, to just hearing the music on the streets, hearing the freaking horns, that goes off every 10 seconds in Vietnam, or, you know, they think to a play or watching a play. So, to most of us, like, I think most of us, like, before me, like, travel is a separate sensory experience. 
but I I can't really comprehend how it is how such you experience from your point of view. Like do you actually take note of such things or you know, uh if you all do like how do you all hope or you know change our experiences for self? Because for me I'm family one little or I can see here everything. Mm. But I'm not sure how easy a sensor ex- sensory experience for you all and as a caregiver as well. Sure. Can I just add something to the previous point that you're mentioning about? One of the things with having accessibility in a, in a country or in a society is also how strong the disability rights as well as how much of this are pushed up at a national policy level. So one thing in contrast when I was studying in Australia that I noticed and when I asked around is the fact that, you know, the aisles in Fairprice in Singapore, they're actually quite narrow. They are all the aisles in the different supermarkets in Australia are at least twice as big. And the reason for that is it is put into at a policy level that whenever they build a supermarket, the aisle has to be minimum this big because it's supposed to be accessible for anybody on wheelchairs. And the people there who who use mobility aids and wheelchairs are actually very, very independent. Unlike in Singapore, whenever you see someone on a wheelchair, a lot of time is somebody pushing them or they may have their own motorized. But over there, even though it's not motorized, they push themselves. They're very, very independent because all of these accessibility needs are given for them. So a lot of a lot of times these things will only be put into their attention from a national state point. It's only when there is a lot more disability rights in the country and people push for it. And once you implement it at a policy level, then it becomes a standard. So for example, if right now we were to say the way all HDB flats are built is so that it can accommodate not only at the entrance, but into the entrance of every room, into the kitchen, everything, it is minimally wide enough for a wheelchair to pass through, which is not the case for every house. But if you were to do something like that, that would definitely make things a lot more accessible. I think coming back to your point, right? Um, when it comes to um sensory, I'm not sure if well you also experience like overstimulation. Mm, no, I don't. But I feel the need to have somebody to explain to me like around my surroundings because uh I'm mostly a uh, central vision. So there are times that I walk past something and I wouldn't know that I will miss out. Like so, if possible, like usually when I travel with with friends or family, they'll tell me, okay, at your at your three o'clock, there's a building, or we are walking past the shop and stuff like that. But you don't, but you don't see like, like an actual like clock where you know which direction. And it does you, you know, really how many degrees. But then, like, you know, even for you, uh, how was like the airport? Because like for me, the airport is a bit overstimulating. I think that you say overstimulating to me is uh more of like okay, when it's a new environment, uh overwhelming. Uh, uh I will take I will need quite some time to absorb like if what is in front, what is on the right and at the back there I will if like I'm not meeting anybody, right? Yeah. I think my own sitting. Essentially you sort of need to map your yeah, surroundings. Yeah, I, I need to stand at a corner and map the surrounding the, the before I start moving. But but during our trip, we don't have a lot of that time to because we keep moving around, you know. Because I keep ho- hooking myself to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I think like for me, um, I get very overwhelmed from like noises. Um, 
because like what I hear may not be what you hear. So like um y'all y'all are able to tune out to um cells like noise noises because like your brain auto filters yeah, yeah for you. But like for me because I can't so like what I hear is everything plus the sounds plus background. Yeah. Like like additional layers of things where like um when I was diagnosed with manias, I I became a lot more sensitive to like likes, like movement of lights. So once you know, like you do, you know, old places where they have the fan and they have the light, then it just keep wow, that one very giddy. So all these things combined, right? It becomes too much of a overstimulation for me. But in the sense that when you're at the airport, there is a feeling of like, oh, I want to travel, like the excitement that kind of like. Um, compensate for all this but it's also get very tiring because like most of the time when I'm at a place where I can finally sit down and just be quiet right I'm exhausted and most of the time if you see me right I'm sleeping in the car actually not really but I'm, most of the time I'll be sleeping lah hmm. because of how exhausting it is for like the brain to actually like um Process. Yeah, thing. process all these things. There's, there's a term for it, right? It's called concentration fatigue. Yeah. yeah. It's also auditory fatigue. Yeah. So there's like this thing where concentration fatigue is like, um, for me, because how I perceive sounds, um, when I talk to you, right? I look at you. I look at how you speak and how you uh, mouth your words, right? But um, for me, I do lip read, but my lip reading is not 100%. So it takes a while for me to get used to the person. I cannot just need read off the bat. So I have to know the person, know how you pronounce your word, your accent, the way you speak. And all these things I do factor in. So when everybody's wearing masks, it takes away the entire thing where I can I can I don't have that transparency of um trying to hear normally as how I would normally function lah. Because you're in a world where everybody hears and you're the only one who can't so that's that, and when we do all this, because I have to lip read, I have to, I use my residual hearing, and based on that, what I see is like a puzzle. So I don't hear everything, but based on that, it's like bits and pieces of everything where it becomes like a sentence. So because of all this additional processing, at the same time, it gets very exhausting. So what will you feel? So I'm curious on your side, like, because uh, you, you remember when you told me that you, you know, I have much central vision and my right. Oh, it's opposite. <laughs> I have, I have a central vision, so I don't have sex. So if I'm looking straight now, I cannot see you. I cannot see you unless I turn. Right. Yeah. So if it's like actually my right side is my black spot because I'm dominant left. Oh. Yeah. So usually um on the day to day basis, right, like I knock things on my right. Uh, I will come back home with one bum because I can see that I walk into it or it's like um as in okay imagine uh your vision field is 360 circle I only have one quadrant on the left that's how much I see I see uh, then the rest of the three quarter is depends whether I am looking at it or not if I'm not looking at it it's hard to catch my attention mm-hmm. so so for you like because it, you all do you all overcome because I, I try and grab rest, rest my head around it. Like, do you all recompensate for what you are unable to 
here or see, mm. we all like compensate that experience for another thing. Mm. So for like for you, Val, since you, for you your vision is less, do you, is are you more? Do you tend to rely more on auditory, for example? No, I'm actually very highly, highly dependent on my eyes. So um, because I went for a physio, and and the person taught me this: when you walk, you just keep turning left, right. It's bad tiring. Yeah. Uh, so I I just make it a heavy or turning left, right. But sometimes I don't, right. Then if like I, I would if I tend to look on the floor and I walk, I would bump into something. Just mm. like be like I, it's like below my eye level that I didn't see it. Mm. And um, sometimes I will tend to forget to do my left right thing. So I will tend to walk past a shop that I'm actually looking for it until I make a new turn. That's it. It is at my vision. Yeah. Yeah. For me, uh, I use my eyesight a lot. Um, because I cannot hear, right? So I'm hypervigilant in terms of like what I see and what I observe. But because of that, I'm also very easily tired. So um, it's like when I... Uh, I have my devices on, right? So when I get overstimulated, I take them off, right? So she will sign to me because we don't sign language together, right? But it's to the point where sometimes when she sign, I cannot because my brain cannot accept, cannot process. It's too much. So... Yeah, and one small thing, when we first initially met each other and we were getting to know each other, I had this habit because I would talk halfway and then I will turn around. I'm like multitasking. I don't finish my sentence. So at one point, she, yeah, she grabbed my hand She's like, finish your sentence, then you turn. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, it's things that you you don't realize until you you actually meet and you interact daily with people with uh, hearing loss. No, no, it's like because she keep doing that, I, I can hear, but because she's used to um finishing the speech on eye level, right? So if I turn away, she would turn me. And because when she turn me, right, I giddy, you know, because too fast. Yeah, I'm just like, what the hell. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a pause here. How many of these do we have on our memory card, by the way, actually? Okay, I think you can stop now. Everyone just like, oh. Uh, second, second. Oh, no, your battery died, actually. Okay. Okay. Hey, we are charged. Oh, uh, I just stopped the phone. Don't the phone. Uh, maximum, you can go, right? On this sensitive, like this, like, but he... Hey, so we actually talked about 30 minutes already. Uh, almost there, so do something. Good luck editing. Almost there, it's fine. This is why normally when we do podcasts, right, we write the script first. Oh, really? Uh, I forgot that. Totally forgot that I wanted to ask. Besides the independence thing. It's okay. Can do can do for the next episode. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Three, two, one. And I'd like to thank all of you all for coming in today and you know, sharing your experiences and how you travel. Uh, and I and I hope that, you know, that you can, it's eye-opening for everyone to hear your experiences as well, which we seek to do here, that we want to educate other people and live lifestyle to other people and seeing how he sing through the lives of other people. And I want to thank you all for the day and thank you for tuning in this podcast. Uh, it's the, our first one, so cut us off there. Okay? Thank you so much. Thank you.